1: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
2: This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global.
3: Listen to this crap. Because they refuse to risk their lives in order to sit in school buildings that are unsafe.
0: That's a representative for the Philadelphia teachers on why they won't go back into the schools. Because they refuse to risk their lives in buildings that are unsafe. Show me any data that backs up what you just said. Hey media, anybody going to push back on this guy? Or is he a loyal Democratic voter and part of a union? So I guess no, we won't push back on this at all. Unbelievable.
1: At all. Unbelievable.
0: So he gets to spout complete bull ass while kids stay out of school. Really, really amazing. Yeah. Shocking. We're getting so many notes from so many teachers, so many parents,
1: all saying exactly the same thing. Get the kids back now. The data is settled. And yet Joe Biden, the freaking president, can make that claim. Well, we got to wait till it's safe
0: and. Now, and he's we he's rework
1: the, the ventilation system
0: he's doing the political maneuver that so many people are doing. No, I agree kids Gavin Newsom's doing it. Kids have to be back in school soon as the schools are safe and we we, we rework the ventilation systems, and all the teachers are uh, have gotten the vaccine and blah 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 so they they pretend that they're on the side of opening the schools then right, lay out right. a bunch of uh, uh bars that you can't reach so and it's got to be purely. That
1: Trump was in favor of opening the schools. That they don't say eh, the schools are safe now. You you just said you'll you'll have the kids go back when schools are safe. The schools are safe now. What know. say you to that? How
0: how, how how does not everybody catch on to the fact that the whole follow the science crowd is every bit as political and uh, spins at their direction as the supposedly not follow the science side?
1: Yeah yeah. We got this note from a teacher in a uh, smallish district uh made a couple of points on this uh this point this uh, subject uh number 1 they went back they brought the kids back and she said the mind sh- the mindset shift i observed in our teenage students between early october when we were remote and when we returned in late october was unbelievable she describes the kids engagement skyrocketing their energy just exploding the learning surged for it went from two miles per hour to 100 miles per hour. She says it was a striking difference. D- difference. And, listen to this, our county office of education has basically left our small district out to dry they are trying to screw us because we went against their recommendations and returned to school before it was, quote, safe. So there's punishment. There's retribution if you do the right thing. It breaks it, you know, it upsets the political apple cart. It's infuriating. Um... On the other hand, and we were talking about this uh, briefly earlier, the uh, the numbers of people who say they're willing to take the vaccine has practically doubled. Depending on where you are, it's now in the 70s, 80%. Even like in some of your more educated counties, it's up around
0: 90%. My uh, my son's teacher, he, he told me she gets really frustrated with how far behind the kids are that were in distance learning last year as opposed to the kids that have been in school. Oh, boy. Um, Trying to catch them up. Yeah. yeah, Which is tough. Um, I wanted to get to this. Wall Street Journal with the article. We got to get used to the fact that the coronavirus is going to be here to stay. And they're quoting Tom Frieden here. He's the former director of the Centers for Disease Control. Going through the five phases of grief, we need to come to the acceptance phase that our lives are not going to be the same. I don't think the world has really absorbed the fact that these are long-term changes. Yeah, I kind of was all along planning on going back to the life that we had before, but he and others are saying we're not going to. Uh, Masking is going to be part of our lives forever. Uh, tests yeah, i don't mind tests and stuff like that that's not a very big mm-hmm. deal but um
1: that's funny dr fauci anthony fauci said just yesterday he was talking he's, a Air,
0: he's a liar he's a admitted liar but what did he say well he
1: said that um when we get to around 70 80 percent um herd immunity more people vaccinated <clears throat> he can see uh, ball games and plays and stuff unmasked and the rest of it more or less back to normal but you know he could be wrong
0: or he also could be lying As he said, he does when it's necessary. Well, I suppose
2: so. (laughs) What what Fauci said isn't in conflict with what that person said. Mostly, back to normal can still mean this is here to stay, and we're going to have to just be aware of it. Like even if it just means we'll have to get a a yearly COVID shot in addition to our flu shots.
0: Well, I I think it's interesting. Like another way to look at this would be somewhere between thirty and sixty thousand people die to the flu every year. A thousand died this season. One thousand. So we cut flu deaths from. 30, 40, 50,000 to 1,000. Mm-hmm. We've passed all kinds of laws to do the same thing with driving. If we know we can save 40,000 lives a year by making people wear masks, how is that not going to end up being a law? If, oh, that's if, interesting If seatbelts are a law, if all, helmets are a law, if all kinds of other things are a law.
1: Well, the idea is that the basis of all traffic laws is that having a licensed to operate a motor vehicle isn't a right, it's a it's a privilege, um, and and you have to conform to the laws. Is it a right, right. to not
0: have to wear a mask? I,
1: I don't know. I'm trying to noodle that through right now. It's it's not a right to not wear pants, for instance. I've tried.
0: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> arguing for this. It's just if we, we do all kinds of things to save smaller amounts of lives. Sure. Than that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting article. You, you mask deniers by the way. How do you explain the fact that there's like no flu? And people, don't say it's because everybody's staying home, they ain't.
0: People are dying of the flu and they're calling it covid, I guess would be the
1: Yeah, I suppose, but you know, anybody who claims that you can't argue with them.
0: I don't know. I'm not interested in that over comp-
1: re- yeah, I I yeah, arguing arguing with the outer 3% of America is something I've lost patience with
0: um you, but, know. you know it is what it is uh, if it ends up being this disease is here forever and we have to alter our lives well that's just so he goes i mean what are you going to do move to another planet i mean <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah we'll adjust we will adjust kind of <laughs> interesting though a year ago right now i didn't think things were about to alter forever um certainly i didn't think well people will never work in this building again which might be the case two weeks to flatten the curve jack Come on. Two weeks. I walked by the cubicles back there, and it's coming up on a year ago that they left, and they still got, mm. oh, there's, there's, like, pens sitting there and uh, less than sticky there were notes.
1: And, then. If, I, if I'm if i running low on supplies, I just grab from those desks. <laughs> oh, boy. But you know, some of them got really cute kids, and I've put the pictures on my desk so I can imagine those are
0: my kids. <laughs> is, that,
1: is that weird? Or?
0: Yeah, they all have pictures of their kids up that are, their kids are now a year older.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something crazy. It's I'd like a ghost some- town.
0: Um, uh, speak- so you think we'll be back at ball games, shoulder to shoulder, 100,000 people watching Michigan play Ohio State at some point?
1: Uh, yeah, I would guess so. Uh, although my level of certainty is, uh, let me calculate it, uh,
0: 68%. Although they're talking about, hey, you have to show some sort of, yeah, I got the vaccine badge before you go in. Yeah. And if that's
1: or, the case, yeah, absolutely. Could or they'll it. just scan for the government chip that they put into you to track you Right. with the vaccine. A little something for the paranoiacs. there. hope you enjoyed that.
0: I didn't realize to what extent they don't know how long the vaccine lasts. Yes. Obviously, they don't know because it hadn't been around long enough, but there's a possibility that it wears off after four months. Yeah. And you got to get another one. Well, that's fine. I mean, they can jab me uh,
1: every week if they need to, although if there are uh, serious side effects, that would be uh, pretty annoying. But. Uh, so many unanswered questions because this is a super virus engineered in the Wuhan virology lab, yeah. which escaped. We, we talk- talked earlier about the WHO's farcical report that they just put out with almost no uh, pushback from the press.
0: Well, look, we'll get back into that story. We need to, in case you haven't heard this, I think I know why impeachment is happening the way it's happening. From reading a bunch of stuff and listening to a bunch of podcasts, I think this is what's going on with impeachment. Um, because it never quite made sense to me the way they were doing it. It seemed self-defeating. Well, there's a another angle to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's really good. You're going to want to hear that. And it's pretty also, clever politically. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office has essentially uh, uh, backed up the Armstrong and Getty view of the $15 minimum wage. It will be devastating in terms of the number of people who lose their jobs. Yeah,
0: I'm glad to hear that. I don't think it's going to be in there now. Even Biden said he doesn't think it's going to be in the package anymore. Yeah. But um, I'm glad people are still beating up on it so it doesn't rear its ugly head. All that on the way.
4: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. when impeachment trials only came along once every one and a third centuries. I had the misfortune to cover the 1998 Clinton trial and was fascinated to learn that the United States Senate could just make it up as it goes along. This time round, they have Patrick Leahy, the leaky senator from Vermont, multitasking. He's both a member of the jury and the presiding judge. That would seem odd in your local county court, unless your county's in North Korea, but in re-impeachment court, (laughs) anything goes.
0: That's Mark Stein. Is he filling in all a week long on Fox on that show? Well, it's a rotating list of hosts. I think they're doing it weekly, though, aren't they? Trey Gowdy did all last week.
1: Yeah, he's a better guest than host, but uh, I still enjoy his perspective. we got to play that first Mark Stein clip. It's hilarious.
3: Half of all the impeachments in the last quarter millennium have been started by Nancy Pelosi. She's furious that Donald Trump got to serve out his full term of office. Just as three and a half centuries ago, England's restored monarchical deep state was furious that populist Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell got to die in bed. So three years after his death, they dug him up and posthumously executed him. They chopped off his head and stuck it on a spike above Westminster Hall for the next quarter century. If they could do that to Trump's head, they would. So they're doing it in spirit.
0: I now, if I I'm ever teaching history, that's the sort of story I'm sprinkling in. Exactly. I didn't know that. And I know a lot of Cromwell, but I don't think I knew that story.
1: I'll throw in a little great love story from history for the girls. Yeah, keep the kids engaged. <laughs> a little
0: beheading for the fellas. A little so, romance for the ladies. So impeachment starts today. Impeached is when the House... Passes the resolution, you've been impeached. Yes. So he's already. So Trump has already been impeached. Yes. And he got impeached while he was still president. I think that's key to some of the arguments because some people are saying you can't impeach somebody when they're out of office. Well, he was impeached while he was still in office. I don't remember. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he was still president. Yeah. When it passed, remember that was the whole argument. But Biden's going to be president in four days. Oh right. Um. So he was impeached while he was still in office. So that takes away. Some people's argument of, you know, now, well, are well, they going to impeach Barack Obama now? Or go yes. back and impeach George Bush over the Iraq War? Well, no. Well, there's no precedent for that. Um, there is precedent now that you can impeach somebody at the end of their presidency while they're still in office, and then the trial be afterwards. Whether or not that's constitutional or not, they're going to argue about it today and, uh, and vote and all that sort of stuff. Um, So I've taken in a lot of reading and podcasts on this sort of stuff, and the people that I really respect uh, seem to think this is what's going on, and I'm not hearing anybody else saying it, so I'll pass it along to you, because this makes sense to me. I couldn't understand why they were doing impeachment the way they were. Well, it makes sense if you lay out impeachment with the idea of you're not going to get a conviction. I do think that Nancy Pelosi and the left and Chuck Schumer, if they could get the 17 Republicans and get a conviction and get the he can't, run again thing they absolutely would but they know that they can't and everybody knows that there just aren't 17 republican votes so they came up with a way that would guarantee the maximum number of republicans vote against conviction because they want to run on that they want to run against republicans they're going to show the videos I've been seeing the videos on TV a lot, man, and they still make an impact on me. They're brutal. They are brutal. They're absolutely brutal. And they're they're
1: frightening human beings like wild animals.
0: The fact that there were as few deaths as there were is amazing. Absolutely amazing. They're going to show those videos of uh, January 6th, and they're going to say Joe Jones voted against impeaching Donald Trump. Vote
1: for for... this.
0: Yeah, yeah, for this. And uh, and that's what they want, since they know they can't get the conviction. And that's the whole point. So that's why they wrote the impeachment articles as specifically as they did, that he incited the riot with his speech, because oh, you yes. can you can you can as a Republican argue yourself out of that one. I mean, you can say, no, that would be a bad precedent. Politicians make strong speeches all the time. They don't mean go sack capital by sack the capital by it. And he said specifically, be peaceful and patriotic. So, no, you can't vote to convict
1: on that basis. Now I get it. The Democrats cooked up a single article of impeachment that they knew
0: the Republicans couldn't vote guilty for. There were offers from some of the Republicans that want to convict Trump to be a part of the impeachment team. They wanted to be some of the floor managers. They wanted to speak on behalf of the Democrats' side during the um uh, argument stage there in the House. And they didn't allow it. Nancy Pelosi didn't allow it. Why? Wow. Because she wants she doesn't want it to be a bipartisan um, impeachment. She wants as many Republicans on the record as possible backing Trump, which is a pretty good political move. I think it makes sense. Well, it's evil. I mean, it's awful for the country. It's
1: terrible, but it is clever. It, it's another great example of they don't want to solve the issue. They want to have the issue. And that's, okay, that explains it. Because I was thinking all yesterday, I heard somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they laid out, look, if you want to talk about, he, he sowed the seeds for weeks and months, saying the election was not legit, he passed on a bunch of conspiracy theories, he whipped people up, then most critically, Trey Gowdy was talking about this during the siege of the capitol he egged the people on and called out mike pence for being a coward as they were chanting find pence and hang him or whatever they were chanting if you laid out the entire case you would get more republicans oh, but yeah. that wasn't the point that'd be now a, i get it that'd be a lot harder to vote against right with, you had to have it be weak
2: with this playbook now being kind of more talked about in the open Do you think there's a chance of a pivot from the Republicans saying we don't want to give them the campaign ads going forward? And uh, I'd also be interested in your guys' take by voting
0: to convict. I think they're still too scared Uh, of the 90% approval Trump's got in the Republican Party.
2: And I keep thinking about the the Liz Cheney vote, which I believe was anonymous. Do you think if these votes were anonymous, would it change? how much would that change the trajectory
1: of this thing? It would Given the current charges, not much. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, for the reasons we've laid out. If they were to make the case like I was describing it, yeah, I think you'd get quite a few uh, anonymous Republican votes.
0: Yeah, it, it would help, obviously, if it's anonymous. It's different in the Senate than the House because you don't have as many people, so it's not as easy to have covered. So
1: even if it was anonymous, you
2: could kind of reverse engineer who... Not
0: completely, but you'd okay. have a lot better shot right, right, right. at figuring out who voted how. Well, number one, you could ask all of them. True. <laughs> How'd you vote? I'd
1: prefer Um, not to reveal what was the secret. None yet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And anybody said, oh, I I voted to acquit. Well, you can check them off the list. But this is all theoretical discussion because the evil and nefarious Nancy Pelosi has
0: fixed the game. Interesting. Pretty clever. Wow. She's clever. As I've many times said, I wish I had somebody as clever on my side as Nancy Pelosi is on their side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Heartless. Evil. But clever.
5: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See
5: terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
0: go take a drink of water the water just filled up my esophagus and i literally had to lean over and let it drain out that's one of my routine things i can't find the airpod hit the find my airpod feature on my phone i think i probably would have had a heart attack if i hit that button and the the, (laughs) the sound came out of my throat so she said all right we'll have an x-ray you know as a precautionary measure and she came back in the room and the look on her face was priceless So, Uh. so how did this guy come to drink his airpods He fell asleep with his AirPods in his ears. He was listening to music, and I guess he rolled over and
1: somehow (laughs) inhaled one of them. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I'm expected to believe he had no idea anything was wrong till he tried to take a drink of water. And his esophagus was so jammed up with the AirPod, the water just welled up in his mouth.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He woke up and he was like, had like the, you know, I ate spiders feeling or whatever. And so he (laughs) went to try to take the, take a drink of water. And that's when he realized, wait, this is, this is big time wrong. So there were, there was, there was something indicating that I need to clear my throat out. And then he was unable to drink.
0: All right. I got a story I that I don't remember all the details of, but it, it involves some people with some uh, temporary relationships waking up in the morning and realizing somebody had drank somebody's glass of water with their contact lenses in them.
5: Oh,
0: oh boy. <laughs> the contact oh, boy. lenses were missing. At that oh, point. boy.
2: It's not so. just water, right? That's like a solution that's in there.
0: You know, sometimes it was late at night. Water would do. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> well tap now water I'm on blind. I'm blind. I'm blind in your poop and you're pooping contact
0: lenses. <laughs> this is some situation. This is a bad idea from the start. <laughs> My mom was right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Nothing good happens when the government imposes itself in labor markets either. At least the CBO is telling partly the truth. Raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour would reduce poverty among people who are earning the minimum wage. It would increase earnings for millions of low wage workers, but it would end 1.4 million people's jobs completely.
0: I like the way that various different outlets did the headline on this. Sure. Good news! Yeah. 900,000 people will be lifted out of poverty toward the end of the article. You know, a half million more than that will lose their jobs completely. Right. The Washington Post points out, though, that it's a net gain because the, the people making more money
1: w- w- outweigh the amount of money lost by the people who are now completely poverty-stricken and unemployed. So it's a net gain to society. And government has picked who will win and who will lose and imposed a wage that doesn't make any sense. And it's just great. The only reason I bring this up, Is it's it's shocking to me the extent to which even Republicans even conservatives support this idiotic notion of a government mandated wage that high. It's just I mean if you want to have a minimum wage, you know we probably shouldn't if you're going to be really a free market uh, economics fan. But I'll concede all right, some minimum wage so people aren't exploited. Blah blah blah. Just that gets like ninety eight percent approval. So there's no point in fighting it. But the idea that it's illegal to hire somebody who's just worth ten dollars an hour—it's all the—that's the only value they can bring. Right? It's illegal for them to have a job. It's illegal for you to give them a job. I just people don't get it.
0: I was trying to find this person that uh, wrote an op-ed. I think for the Wall Street Journal. But anyway, it's a business person who said I voted for. Biden, but I will have to close my restaurant if a $15 minimum wage goes through.
1: Right, right. Um, And and I would suggest the CBO is uh, underestimating the number of jobs that will be lost because they don't have a firm grasp, especially during COVID. They do not have a firm grasp of how many businesses are barely keeping one nostril above the
0: water. And as... We've talked about many times nobody can keep track of jobs that never get created. Right. That number is impossible to know. How many jobs will never occur? Because you come up with an idea, you put pencil to paper on, oh, I guess I can't open up a video game store if my employees, blah, blah, blah. No, I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And uh, another thing, and this is so freaking obvious, I feel like I'm pointing out that the sun is hot. The fact that there is no cost of living multiplier or whatever, there's no regional differences, is just so idiotic. My kid lives in the very expensive Seattle area. I kind of wish she didn't because they're broke, she and her boyfriend. Um, uh, but you can't get anybody to show up for less than $15 an hour anyway. High cost of living, competitive labor market, the rest of it. On the other hand, in rural Indiana or or you know, you you pick the spot, somewhere in Mississippi, the idea that you can't hire anybody for less than fifteen dollars an hour is insane. But the- that, that person making fifteen dollars an hour could have a thirty five hundred square foot house uh, you know, by the end of the year in some parts of Mississippi, the cost of living so low.
0: I heard somebody uh saying the uh, the worn stupid uh, phrase of uh, living wage. You know, people need to be able to live on this and raise a family. Do, how many people actually believe that, or that's just a political trope to get over? I mean, do, are there people that believe every job? If there is someone getting paid to do something, you should be able to live on that. You, there's no way you can structure an economy that way.
1: I should. I could go through the list. When I was a caddy at Hinsdale Golf Club. Suburban Chicago line. Should I have been able to raise a family on that? When I was a, a, a stocker, a stock boy, working for a department store, and and uh, frankly, a, a well trained monkey could have done it. I mean, it would have taken a couple of weeks
0: of training. You couldn't just Shoot. grab an ape out of the wilderness. Okay, so you couldn't grab a monkey out of the jungle, right. throw it in that warehouse, and it would have done your job. Well, no. First, you got to put a green smock on him, but. <laughs>
5: Oh,
1: no, no, you'd have That's to take like a an hour's
0: worth of training. It could have done your job.
1: Uh, maybe it depends. I don't know how well they can read numbers, stock numbers on boxes. But uh, a, a decently trained monkey could have done that job. Should I have been paid enough to support a family?
0: For that work. Of course not. And you got to look at the question the other way around. People always are, people on the left, I think, always look at the question from the employee's standpoint, which I understand there needs to be a crowd that stands up for the employee. Of so there course. There needs to be a crowd that stands up for the employer. And that's the way it kind of works. But, um, so you want the employees to make more money. Well, there aren't going to be any employers. There's just some things you can't, you can't hire somebody for $15 an hour to flip a burger everywhere in America. No. And have it and have it work out and have a business. Yeah, and that's another
1: thing the CBO fails to recognize. And and honestly, it, even Joe Biden has conceded this is probably not going to be in the giant porculous uh, bill. But again, the some reason
0: people pr- believe it was only put in there to take out as a negotiating tool. Ah, uh, could be. Well, we gave decent. so much. We took out the fifteen dollars minimum wage. Now you give. Now you're asking for more.
1: How dare you? But again, the reason I'm bringing this up is. It horrifies me the number of people who don't understand these things. The CBO also fails to consider not only the businesses that are barely above water because of the COVID or because it's tough to, to run a business, but the the renewed, really turbocharged incentive to create technology to substitute for labor. Now, burger flipping machines. Uh, you know, maybe train a monkey to do my old job, or maybe just have a, a drone. On rails that reads the box numbers, and when they're I worked in the toys and juvenile department. What a monkey drone, uh, drone monkeys. <laughs> Hard to imagine why, but uh, so you know we'd be uh, out of uh, Yahtzee. You know, I'd see, I'd look on the shelf, I'd see, oh, we got the one lo- Yahtzee left. So I would go up there, I'd go if I'd in the box in the warehouse and bring some Yahtzees down to the shelf. Well, you could easily have a drone do that sort of thing. Anyway. Uh, where was I? Oh, so yeah, you'll see more automation and and millions and millions of people lose their jobs. And for some reason, people don't get that. You will get this, friends, uh, from our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe. It is the best home security system you can have. It's an arsenal of cameras and sensors, just like you're picturing. It's the best professional monitors in the business 24 seven, whether you need the cops, firefighters, EMTs, whatever. It's the best, but it's simply safe. It's simpler
0: simply safe simple to get into the contract no long term contract simply to order simple to order simple to set up 30 minutes yourself nobody's coming to your home simple to use all kinds of simply and simply safe uh, but very very effective really good winning all kinds of awards against much more complicated more expensive systems and right now
1: because you are our beloved listeners you get a free home security camera when you purchase a simply safe system at slash armstrong it's a sixty-day risk-free trial with nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash armstrong uh, for your free security camera today. It's S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way. I think it auto corrects, but it doesn't matter. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong.
0: Uh tweeted this out over the weekend. And I said this should be in every classroom and like lobby of every business in America, the the US national debt clock, that website. So I just tweeted oh, yeah. out the link in case anybody wanted to check in on it. Nobody cares um, anymore, but... This is a week old, so the numbers are all a little higher. U.S. national debt, about $28 trillion. I remember when it hit a trillion. <laughs> it seemed like a big deal. It's not $28 trillion. Uh, that's $222,000 per taxpayer that we owe. Hunter Biden thinks that's irresponsible
1: spending. But anyway, I'll... I mean, it's like, it's like a... a a, a shameless cokehead on a binge as a country.
0: So I'll get down to the U.S. federal debt-to-GDP ratio. That's how much debt you've got to how much you're you're creating every year. And they used to say that, well, you get to 100% and you're really into trouble. So in 1960, the debt-to-GDP ratio was 53% in 1960. Um, It actually dropped in the 80s down to 34%. In 2000, it was up to 59%. Now it's 131%. Holy crap. Again, wow. In the 80s, it was 34%. Now it's almost 100% more than that. And 100% is when you start to get into uh, like a tipping point of how you ever going to get out of this spiral.
1: Right. A debt spiral, a credit card spiral. Man, we're that We're the coke head. We've already stolen all of our relatives' purses. We've we've sold our 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 money. We've donated we've given we sold a kidney. Now we're selling other people's kidneys.
0: You know you know where, mean, where we are is and I haven't been here but I've seen people here and I've come close. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can get into a debt situation where you think it doesn't make any difference at this point. You know, I'm doomed. Mm. So who cares? I might as yeah. well, you know, buy another this, max out another credit card. I can't pay for any of this. So it's all yeah. going to crash. I've never been there, but I've seen people get there. Um, I think that's where we are as a nation, and I think that's how the Republicans have joined in on just well, we're we're doomed anyway. They'll have to restructure everything. They'll have to be sky high taxes. They'll have to do away with like practically every service in America. Uh, that's going to happen anyway. So we might as well get ours while we're all spending.
1: Are we just default on the debt and uh, have it on our record for seven years or whatever? Start over. And then before long, we say, hey, uh, we're going to sell some more bonds. Who's interested? Start dating a stripper yeah. as a country. <laughs> uh, they, uh, uh, we're, and and we'll say, hey, we are we got our fiscal house in order now. We're going to start selling bonds again. And, uh, you know, we'll have to pay pretty high interest. But people say, yeah, I think they they probably won't declare bankruptcy again. We'll buy a
0: used Corvette. We'll claim it's new.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a hairpiece. We'll get some Botox. Get a jet ski. As I don't a think you're taking this seriously. <laughs> Oh, well, nobody wants to hear this. No, it's no, they the, don't. It's the worst segment in the history of American radio because there is no nope. constituency
0: nope. anymore you're, you're for correct. fiscal responsibility. You, you, you win. You are, you but are correct. Coming up, we'll argue about the rules of bowling. <laughs> um, uh, why PhDs are pointless or beginning they've been pointless for a long time, but the pandemic let us know they really are. Among
1: other yes, things, kick them in the diploma.
4: <laughs> Armstrong.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Now, now that multiple vaccines are on the market, British researchers have started experimenting mixing doses of the Pfizer and AstraZeneca shots in a world first. Now, if you're wondering how to mix them, just remember AstraZeneca before Pfizer, great appetizer. Pfizer before AstraZeneca, injected again.
0: I got a covid test yesterday. I you had to spit in a little tube and I had way too much saliva and I ended up getting saliva <laughs> going all over my hands and my shoes and on the floor. I can't what tell, the are heck? you bragging with this? Do you think this is a neat thing? No, I think <laughs> what it's What are gross. you basset hound? I think, I think it's, it's weird. I think it's <laughs> gross, <laughs> gross and I don't know how I and and everybody was looking at me and people were grabbing paper towels cuz obviously we're in a pandemic. The whole well, point can't you of this stop? and, there, and I got spit everywhere. <laughs> what did you t- just what human being can't control how much
1: drool comes out of their mouth? You're like
2: a cartoon character imagining a hamburger, and your mouth is just right. watering.
1: Yeah, what the, I can't imagine the scene, sir. Stop spitting in the stop spitting in the tube. Oh, I can't. It just keeps
0: coming. <laughs> 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 hey, next time, I'll do better. Well, they had so many warnings before you got to the COVID testing site about make sure you drink enough water and have plenty of saliva. Just check once once again when you get there to make sure your mouth is not too dry. So I was really, really trying to make sure, because clearly not having enough spit was the big problem. I didn't swallow for an hour before going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like dumping a cup of water. That's gross. It was gross, man. Stop talking I bet they about were it. talking to me huh? when they closed up last night. They're still talking about that guy. How <laughs> about that old bald guy who spit all over himself? What do you suppose his deal was? Probably still got it running down his chin. Suppose a sort of government program you suppose he's on. <laughs> oh, sure, wow. my taxpayer's money supporting him. Um, I saw this headline. Oh, we're going to talk about the WHO. So they go to China to do an investigation of how uh, the COVID started. And guess what? They announced from Wuhan that, yep, started the bat market. In fact, there's a decent chance it came in from another country. So... It's a joke. It really is a joke. A bitter, bitter joke. Talk
1: about that uh, next I'm hour. so glad we're financing them again.
0: COVID makes doctorates harder to get, and that's a good thing. Say a couple people writing in the Wall Street Journal. For decades, universities have taken advantage of graduates with humanities, PhDs, and dim prospects. 140 graduate programs around the country have halted admissions. Wow. Likely an acknowledgment of a half-century-old reality. Too many students working on advanced degrees have no hope of landing jobs in their chosen fields. And the COVID crisis has merely made a bad situation worse and made mm-hmm. them had to admit that problem. This pause should have happened decades ago. There are too many graduate programs in fields where there are no jobs. It's funny how in my lifetime it is it has become like such a common thing for people to get advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for yeah, no
1: it used to be an incredible rarity.
0: And for no real good reason, other than you just get to keep staying
2: in school. Yeah, yeah. no, because if I don't do that, I need to become an adult. Yeah. Now I'm gonna stay partying for a little longer.
0: Oh yeah, I got finals or whatever,
2: and then it's really hard. Take philosophy.
0: <laughs> During the 2018-19 hiring cycle, there were openings for about a hundred and eighty junior jobs, roughly seventy postdocs and sixty spots to those open at any level of the profession, according to calculations. Meanwhile, there are about 450 newly minted PhDs that year alone. Wow. So you had a handful wow. of jobs of any kind, and a lot of those don't pay well at all. But 450 new PhDs in yeah. philosophy. The situation is you know, similar. There's part
1: of me that thinks it's like you want to become an athlete or, or have a radio show that's been that's successful. I mean... If you want to take a shot at it, take a shot. Just understand what the a- odds are.
0: And then don't make me pay for your college education because it was too expensive. Oh, yeah. Right. situation is similar in history where the American Historical Association uh, advertised 538 full-time positions. And there were twice as many new doctorates awarded in 2018. And then they get into how universities for years now have been using all these Ph.D. students to teach the classes. Right. And so that they save money on that, and then the university professors can spend time, and it actually says this, and this is written by academics, it says here, so the professors can write papers that nobody reads or cares about. Yep. So that's the whole thing. Get their papers published in those
2: academic journals, et cetera. The
0: professors write papers that nobody ever reads or cares about, while the Ph.D. students who are getting a degree in something they'll never be able to employ themselves with teach the classes. Right. You remember,
1: this was a couple of years ago. We got the stats on the percentage of academic papers that were read by more than two people or or whatever those numbers were. And I I don't recall what they were specifically, but they were hilarious. It was practically nobody.
0: Practically nobody reads any of those papers that get published.
1: No, but your kids' tuition dollars are paying for those academics to write those papers while they're taught by a grad student.
0: Uh, these students will end up serving as teaching assistants, in some cases teaching undergraduate courses as adjuncts for a fraction of what it costs to get a full professor to do the same work. So the universities take advantage of that labor.
1: Well, we went through the list of the dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds of employees at every major university or dedicated to diversity and inclusion and a bunch of other uh, woke buzzwords.
0: We got to get that money from somewhere. We got to quit pretending that a degree is an accomplishment on its own. It's a step on a way to accomplishing things. But the right. idea that you got this degree, so now you're set. No. It ain't working that way. For lots of people. PhD in philosophy. Oh.
1: Sit around. We don't even need two of those, much less 500.
4: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.